Hailing from the great Lone Star state of Texas, Garrett Lively. Now you're looking at the crowd. You're looking at the crowd. What are you doing physically? I'm giving. What are you doing? I'm flick giving, them off. I'm giving the double birds. I'm, I'm giving uh, the double I'm birds. I'm them on. I'm uh, mm-hmm. motioning with my hands like towards my mm-hmm. chest, like come at me. What of it? Come. I got That's this. That's right. Um, He's got a big black cowboy hat on. You're slapping your stomach. I've got I've uh, got my hand cupped around my ear. Like what? I, I don't even hear anything. Are you guys trying? This to has got to be a Yankee audience me? if we're getting this kind of reaction. You're trying we to intimidate be, me? Me? We're, we're, like them, we're, please. California or New York? We must be in one of those places. Don't like them. And then uh, and in the uh, and in this corner, the reigning intercontinental champion of the world. Champion. That is a belt. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Continental. <laughs> The best don't know belt. why it's different from the world, but the reigning intercontinental champion of the world, Jeff Lee. I run down the ramp. I find the first baby I can. I kiss it. Then I sign its head. <laughs> then I kiss the mom sign and I sign her. her boobs. Probably you shave your name into its head yeah. with like a buzz. I pull out a pistol. I aim it at him and I pull the trigger. It was blank and I'm like, crap. This uh, this is. Not I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I don't. But I do. But problems. I do want to protect your rights as a gun owner. So. <laughs> so all of this. All this probably sounds crazy. This would never happen in real life. But you know where it belongs inside a wrestling ring. With the no, new, the modern day theater with no That's fans. Modern day theater with, with no fans. And- with no fans. It just is not the same without fans, is it? Oh, definitely. Uh, very quickly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast. It takes a look at some of the weirder, more bizarre board games out there that people are playing. And well, we play them for you. We talk about what makes them work, what, what maybe they don't work, and we we, we sort of open this, uh, this niche of these uh, terrible pantheon of games that is just floating out there that maybe you've been avoiding you can experience it vicariously through us i am your first co-host and one of the creators of rough draft games thomas Schungerberg, and with me here as always is garrett lively the ref of said wrestling match and uh you know i'm willing to look the other way if the price is right if you uh you need to get a pen in that's a little little unruly Mm-hmm. It's all right with me. A little quick, a little quick. He'll overlook, overlook a rope break. It's fine. Yeah. No no questions asked. And uh, also with us is? Uh, Jeff Lee. I think if I were to pick, a, if I were to have my own stage name or ring name, I guess, it'd be Rocket Man. I'd probably, I'd, I'd run the trope of uh, just being like this really big nerd. I'd run around and I'd have these rocket ships on my little, um, my little bottoms. Mm-hmm. I'd have a <laughs> yeah. big cape. Uh, and I would probably, I would never ever get in the ring. They'd never let me in the ring, but I'd always ask. I'd be that annoying just little brother. Around. Yeah, I would just zoom around the entire, like, just, like, a ton of laps. I'd get a lot of cardio in. Yeah. I think what what makes wrestling so great is really the live studio, or not studio, but live audience uh, experience of it. I've been to a couple of wrestling matches. Uh, Garrett, you, you went to one with me I in uh, Austin, Texas, when AAA, uh, they were doing the... Uh, the luchador luchador wrestling match like in Lucha Austin, Underground, Texas. I believe it's yeah, called. Yeah, Lucha Underground. There it is. Not AAA, Lucha Underground, but that was amazing. Jeff, have you ever gotten to go to a wrestling match? I have not. I haven't had the pleasure. Oh, man. It is... How would you best describe that, Garrett? I've had to describe it multiple times. I've spent many a wonderful episodes on This Is Awesome, the other podcast that we, we know and love. Sort of our 
If there's sister cities, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I would like to say that there's sister podcasts out there. Yeah. And This Is Awesome is definitely our sister podcast. We love Frank and the boys over there, and we wish them the best. But I've, I've done this when too many times. Garrett, how would you describe wrestling in a nutshell to um, uh, somebody? It's kind of like, okay, so like imagine, imagine there's like, okay, let's just pretend there's a game. You've got, and just take your fist and do like this hammering motion with a fist and then at the end of it either throw out a flat hand uh kind of like two fingers or <laughs> um like a balled up fist and we'll call that rock paper and, and scissors not in that mm-hmm. order um right and and basically it's just that and then your opponent does the same thing and the flat hand beats the balled up fist hand. The two fingers beat the flat hand, and the balled up fist hand beats up the two fingers. And then surround all that with an amazing crowd. They're rooting for one to win, um, mm-hmm. and they they have these tropes. They come back and they're like, they have this one guy that always throws rocks, and he's like the Rock or something, and he <laughs> <laughs> he's beloved by the crowd because he's got his you know he's got his values, he's got his virtues, and he always throws a rock. And uh, so everybody loves him. They always want him to win. And, you know, sometimes it's dramatic. Sometimes, you know, his opponent keeps throwing paper and the rock can't figure it out. But eventually, eventually, the guy that always throws throws rocks, you know, if the crowd's enough behind him, you know, the drama unfolds. And, you know, it's, you know a lot of people think that uh, it's all, you know, it's fake, it's scripted or whatever. And to a degree, well, now that is. you've sufficiently pissed off all the wrestling fans <laughs> that were listening into that part of it. to this thing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I think that your, your, your vision of wrestling is clouded a little bit with the board game that we're playing today, which is uh, the, <laughs> the WWE game. Superstars. Yes, Su- Superstar Showdown. Superstar Showdown. Yeah. Uh, we were playing that today, and maybe a little bit of the rules of Superstar Showdown, this card game slash board game that was created out of the WWE Superstar Universe, uh, or the WWE Universe, whatever the hell their branded talk <laughs> speak is calling it these days. Is has sort of clouded your interpretation of what wrestling is, uh, because it very much, as we dig into the mechanics of this thing, functions on a more of a simplified <laughs> system of rock, paper, scissors than the actual atmosphere of wrestling. Um, if you do want to know more about wrestling and you want to you want to understand sort of like how it works, how the uh, the atmosphere is, I do recommend you go listen to the This Is Awesome podcast. It does a great job of breaking it down. But that's not what we're here, we're here to do. I would second that. Yeah. We're here to talk about the board game. And so Garrett is right to actually annoy you with uh, (laughs) the aspects of rock, paper, scissors. Um, Just from the way you were describing it, it sort of reminded me of that. You ever see that Sylvester Stallone movie, Over the Top, where it's all about arm wrestling? No, but (laughs) perfect title. insane crowd. Dude, it's so good. It's like this crowd. There's these lights that are shining in this this auditorium, and everyone's crowded around like, watching this blood sport of these guys arm wrestling and one dude like in order to intimidate his opponent drinks an entire uh gasket of motor oil oh. and starts screaming at Sylvester Stallone <laughs> while oh, no. banging his fists on the table. Oh no. It is it's professional wrestling but arm wrestling. <laughs> I remember yeah. seeing clips from it but I, I I should actually see that movie today. <laughs> it's excellent. It's uh it's a fantastic film. And uh it's about as simple as this uh, as the basic mechanics of this board game, but it does get more complex the deeper you dig in, dig into the game that we're playing today. Because I was actually quite surprised with the implementations of the uh, of the cards and the drawing system mm-hmm. 
and the HP system that they used really actually sort of gave it a wrestling feel, in my opinion, which I'm really excited to explore today. Yeah. Yeah. But before we do that, do you want to talk a little bit about why this game was good? Usually when you think of anything, anything that wrestling sort of touches outside of wrestling is awful. <laughs> Should we jump into so, what's in the game? What's in the box? I was thinking well, we could jump into who made the box. I think, yep. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree. Let's talk about who made the box. And I'll be honest, but when I I was just browsing through games, especially on the uh, on the old tabletop simulator workshop, I just judged mm-hmm. a I judged a game by its cover. You know, that's what I, that's you know, it's the old trope. Don't judge a game by its cover. I saw this game. It's got the it's got the six you know wrestlers on the front. It's got you know some derpy writing, and it's called Superstar Showdown. It's a licensed. Thing. I was like, this is going to be absolute trash. I didn't even check it out on Board Game Geek. I just brought it up, and it looked like a simple. Came with your biases. In the and guess what? It had some. It had some cards, and it had some really bad uh, JPEGs. Really bad quality JPEGs. Awful JPEGs. Like, really bad. <laughs> Could not read the text. <laughs> and I was like, sold. I'm done. We're playing this on Roll and Move. And I didn't. I didn't explore too much further. And that was to my own fault. That was to my own uh, embarrassment honestly, because mm-hmm. this was actually put out by a lovely little company called Gale Force 9. And Gale Force 9, if you're not familiar, has put out some uh, absolute bangers. They've put out Dune recently, the reprint of Dune uh, from, I think that was, 20, that was 2019, but mm-hmm. an old, an old, old board game that is uh, much beloved and fans have been clamoring for a reprint for years and years and years. And now that the movie's coming out, uh, Gale Force 9 got their hands on the license, I, I think, from uh, Fantasy Flight or uh, or whoever whoever wrote, whoever has the publishing for the book. Anyways, they got it. Uh, they've also put out Firefly, the board game, uh, a crowd mm-hmm. favorite. And also they have a lot of Dungeons & Dragons uh, licenses for Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the RPGs, but little one-offs, uh, miniatures, accessories, um, one-shots. I want to add put <clears throat> something really quickly here. Um, so we mentioned that the, the tabletop version had really bad images and bad JPEGs. Kind of hard to read everything. If you go to Gale Force 9's website, um, at least the front <laughs> website, it's equally bad. Like They have like really blown <laughs> up <laughs> logos of, that. Yeah, of Firefly yeah. and Doctor Who and Tanks. If you actually click into the websites, the websites themselves are a bit like a, a good bit better. Although the Firefly game looks like a GeoCity site, um, but <laughs> but the games themselves are great. So don't X yeah page. don't don't judge them by their website building prowess. Yeah, I, oh, I think yeah. they've had uh, like ten or eleven main series entries: uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a Star Trek game, a Doctor Who game, the Firefly game, mm-hmm. Dune, Tanks. Family Guy game, right? Yeah, and then I was going to say they have, uh, of those, about five of them are out of print now. Uh, one mm-hmm. of them being the WWE Superstar Showdown. They have a Family Guy party game. They have the Homeland game, Sons of Anarchy, and Spartacus. So they have a lot of licensed stuff that they're, they're taking on. Um, mm-hmm. And Gale Force 9 seems to be a team of about three main designers. Uh, we've got Aaron Dill, John, I'm sorry, Kowaleski, and right. Sean Swigert. And they seem right. to be the designers on most of these three games. And I'm I'm a I'm actually a pretty you know decent fan of the Firefly game. It's a it's a fun 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 pick up and deliver game that has a lot of theme for fans of the Firefly show. Uh, Daniel, uh, shout out Dan, the mm-hmm. composer of our intro, as a owns that game and uh, he's got a lot of the the bling for it. We have a we have a good time playing that. So. Um, you know, big fan, and like I said, I jumped into WWE Superstar not knowing these guys were the publishers, and we started digging into this, and it started becoming 
very apparent that these guys had a little bit of knowledge of what they were doing uh, to, mm-hmm. to kind of drive you in a, in, in a, in a fun little uh, thematic rabbit hole that uh, dug you into the theme but wasn't terribly complicated. So Right. I think I feel like it's very easy to – it's very easy to lose – when you're trying to sort of translate mediums, when you're trying to take something that is like, a, for this instance – uh, a performance of uh, a wrestling competition or a wrestling exhibition, mm-hmm. and you're trying to capture it in card game form, there's so many things that you're trying to uh, capture along with it that you don't really realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, key moments like pinning someone, key moments like grappling the different types of attacks that you usually see and taunting and the actual physical the physical boundaries of the ring and also using yeah. different ring components yeah. like ropes and turnbuckles. The drama uh, there's of so, the count, you know? Right. There's a lot of little tiny aspects that you would want to capture in a board game if you're actually doing it with care, which these guys surprisingly did. And you can take a game like this and compare it, after we go into the details about it, to a game like uh, Aliens versus uh, Army versus Aliens, right. where it's like, okay... We're trying to do, we're trying to capture intergalactic war, and they reduced it all to dice rolling. Yeah. Right? There's no deeper elements to it. So I'm really, really looking forward for you to do the what's in the box portion of this game. Yeah, I can't wait to, I, I think, um, I can't wait to get into gameplay either, just because of the things you mentioned. Like, there's a, a ton of simple mechanics that they implemented, but they did it in such a way, like, it's easy to learn, but they did it in such a way that there's a lot of choice, and so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll jump into mm-hmm. that here. Okay. Well, without further ado, Garrett, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> Open up WWE Superstar Showdown. It comes complete with six miniatures of your favorite wrestlers. We have the one, the only Roman Reigns. We've got Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, John Cena, Big E, and of course the Big Show. Uh, Tom, I can't speak to this. Are those? You think that's a good little? Uh, I think those are the top six. <laughs> it's a pretty good smattering. Let's see. This game was published in 2015. 2015. Because um, I, I had man, heard of most of these people except for Daniel Bryan. Big E, definitely a good choice to put on the front there. The New Day was really popping off, which with, they were just taking the mm-hmm. tag team area by storm. He's a good choice. Daniel Bryan's a good choice. Uh, Randy Orton's a fan favorite. John Cena is literal gold. Uh, and <laughs> the WWE will keep pushing anything that has his face on it out. Roman Reigns was who they wanted to be, uh, sort of the big the big new John Cena, while John Cena was sort of making the transition to Hollywood in 2015 right. uh, to sort of do the same venture that The Rock did. But what's actually interesting is I wanted to bring this up. Uh, wrestling fans would know that there's almost there, there's two people there's two running gags is that John Cena never loses and Roman Reigns never loses. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you would put, sort of put <laughs> them inside the same game it's it's sort of like dividing by zero. The unstoppable force meets the <laughs> right. immovable right, object. Right. You two people choose him, you just can't lose. Mm-hmm. But the only person who they have no business putting on the front of this box is the Big Show. Really? Uh, <laughs> yes, he was. He is. I I got no problem with the. You know the actor who, or the the man, the Big Show. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's he's a decent guy. But like they have just absolutely misused his character. He is notorious for like whenever they don't know what to do with a storyline, they'll throw <laughs> the Big Show in there, and he'll either be evil for a week and then he'll be good. He is 
he was much beguiled. Like, during his final matches that he was wrestling, like, even towards that area, people were chanting, please retire. There's so many <laughs> brutal, brutal stuff that they're throwing at him. I would, I think that Dean Ambrose would have been a good choice to put in here. Um, probably not. The, uh, big, the big show, though, I mean, he's, he, like, not, I, I'm obviously not as big of a fan. Or but well he's as, recognizable, right? He's identifiable, yeah. yeah. yeah but exactly. he, Yeah, but he's also the prototypical, like, He's seven feet tall. He's four hundred and fifty pounds. Like mm-hmm. he's just the, like the prototypical person you would just want to say, "Hey, I want that guy to be featured in this, you know, feats of physical strength and stuff." You know, kind of like the giant, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, he's definitely one of the most imposing. One of the prob- I would say, debatably, he's one of the most important quote unquote big men mm-hmm. to uh, be to ever wrestle in the in the WWE. Right. Um, but I, I don't think he belongs in this game. <laughs> I think he's not relevant. <laughs> okay. Not in 2015. If you're just looking, the only reason to include him is for nostalgia's sake. Mm-hmm. So, and if I was going to do that, if I was going to have a person front and center, look where he is on the box. He's center stage. Yeah. If I was going to have a person who is going to draw in maybe the people who liked 1990s wrestling, Attitude Era wrestling, I'd throw on The Undertaker. He's still on the roster. Yeah. He's completely identifiable. And he's a literal, like, demon wizard undertaker. So it's, you you know, he can still hang with the boys because he has actual lightning powers. I'm literally Uh, death. Yeah. So I would would have probably gone with the undertaker. The undertaker, no one gets sick of the undertaker. Even when we say that we're sick of the undertaker because we're like, really? They're forcing the undertaker? (laughs) He just comes back from the dead. Oh, my God. Once that... Once that bell hits, all the naysayers, everyone who's sort of grumbling, <gasps> going, ah, oh, just let the man retire, go, <gasps> like the back. bell rings as he's coming down to the ring, and they go, oh, man, he's back. It's so like, It's like Boston Rob on Survivor. Yeah. So, yeah. You, that, you, you don't get that with the Big Show's theme, because yeah. when the Big Show's theme hits, you just hear, well, <laughs> well, it's a Big Show. And then it's, you don't know what to feel. Doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't hit the quite, yeah. quite, quite the same. You're like, oh, man, I was... I think it mellows out everything. Either you're really angry before, yeah. and then that Big Show comes out, and then you're like, oh, yeah. man, I'm just kind of cheesed out. <laughs> or the other way around, you're like really excited, really happy about what's going on. You're like, right. oh, bummer. They just kind of soured, so they, they soured the moment. They hit f- five out of six here, Gary. They hit okay. five out of six. Not bad. Perfect. Not bad. Well, like I said, we got the six wrestlers. They each have unique miniatures, which I think is actually a step up for Gale Force 9. I remember in, uh, in Firefly, all of these ship pieces were, I believe, were the exact same ship. They were the... Firefly is that the name of the ship in the Firefly? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They they all the exact same ship uh, miniatures. So and a lot of a lot of fans took to painting these. So they they actually had some decent little little tiny miniatures for these. Uh, each wrestler has their own deck of thirty cards, and then there are a couple of extra cards that tell you the type of match you're facing. So whether it's a one on one, a tag team, a gauntlet, or um, I th- uh, there's one of their uh, there's a six man tag team a regular tag team a gauntlet and a head to head so those are the, like the four different mm-hmm. matches you can play and then finally the board so the board consists of uh, two main areas you have for each opposing uh, force whether it's a team or a single player and then in the middle of those two areas is the ring which is a grid system uh, it's got you know the ropes it's got the turnbuckle it's got the actual uh, elevated platform as well as you can go outside of the ring and and uh, basically each grid spot is a, is a place to maneuver your wrestler around. 
Right. So that's all the components. You got the board, the cards, the figures, and that's that's all all you got in there. Uh, of note, on the board though, they do have a lot of nice little reminders of kind of how the rules work. So as we alluded to earlier, it has a rock paper scissors kind of, I guess, base mechanic here in the game. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, grapple, strike, and maneuver are the main three. Grapple beats uh, strike, strike beats maneuver, and maneuver beats grapple. And then they add, you know, for, for, for funsies, they've got slam, which beats everything. It's it's the uh, gun that, you know, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the guy. It's your dynamite finishing, it's a finishing move, scissors. right? Yeah, whenever somebody pulls out God. And you're like, well, okay, yeah, you, you win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then they've got block, which always loses. Uh, but there's, there's a couple of intricacies. But it prevents damage. It prevents mm-hmm. stun and, yeah. like, other yeah. certain effects. So, b- basically, the, the game is fairly simple. So, you have three little spaces for you to play cards on. And each round, you have a hand of six cards. You play three of those cards face down, and then you reveal uh, simultaneously against the other player. So you'll reveal card. each of you will reveal card one. If you play the grapple, you will lose to maneuver but beat strikes. And then you execute the series of um, commands that it has on the bottom of the card. So it'll say, like, move, or it'll say, you know, attack, or throw, or you know corner move or whatever so those are those are the basics um and then you know you'll whoever wins two out of the three at least two out of the three of those three rounds of cards then gets to execute a pin on their opponent if they are adjacent to their opponent and then finally you may play cards from the three that you placed on from the six cards that you had Three of them are still left in your hand, and you can kind of play cards out of your hand. That'll be blocks or uh, kickouts of pins that can kind of help you defensively mm-hmm. maneuver against what the uh, player's doing. So basically, all you're doing is this: these little miniature games of rock, paper, scissors, maneuvering, and kind of the HP system is your deck of 30 cards. So as you uh, attack, you hit the other player, they're taking damage, they are losing cards from their deck, and they are out of the game. So you're kind of uh, drawing cards discarding them, playing them, um, and then as you take damage, you're whittling down your deck, losing maybe some of your really good cards, or you know maybe not. Uh, so you can either lose by being pinned and not having a kickout card to play, or by losing all 30 of your cards, and then you are TKO'd, technically mm-hmm. knocked out. Um, and that's the game. Pretty simple. Uh, you, there are some minutia as far as like moving around the grid, some of the movement rules, uh, what you can do in the corner, um, utilizing the ropes to turn your momentum, um, things like that. There's some reversal cards. But for the most part, play your cards, look at the rock, paper, scissors system. If it wins, you get to execute mm-hmm. your card. So I, the first thing that I want to talk about with uh, the, the mechanic that I think absolutely makes this game yeah. is the HP system and the defeat system, the, the knockout slash pin slash whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. And I want to dive into that a little bit yeah. uh, more specifically. Mm-hmm. Here's why I think that if you're familiar with wrestling, this card game does a really good job of capturing the emotional journey of a wrestling match, right? Mm-hmm. So when the game starts off, you have access to all your cards. And one thing that's nice is 
each person, each wrestler has their own deck. John Cena's deck, I was playing as John Cena, yeah. has the flying shoulder tackle, the STFU. It has the, <laughs> uh, you know, his, his super moves, which are identified as slams in that they can beat everything. It can beat a grapple. It can beat a maneuver. It can beat a strike. I I um, want to. I, I actually want to ask about these. So are you mm-hmm. familiar with all these? The guillotine leg drop, the one-handed yes. bulldog, the diving cross body. <laughs> like these, yes. are, these are all Those his are actual, actual names. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Awesome. These are actual. Really these are cool. actual wrestling moves. There are even. There's way more than this. There's bizarre wrestling names that, for example, I, I'll say this one. This is an actual wrestling move. A Canadian destroyer yeah. is a wrestling move. So wrestling move names are hilarious. Is there a cult favorite? Like, people. there's this one move that never gets pulled, but when it gets pulled, people go nuts over. Is there like a cult? Favorite? Uh, yes. In the WWE, pile drivers were actually banned for a while. Uh, because of the potential for concussions. They do those in AEW, but one time in a match with John Cena and CM Punk, after they'd been banned for like six years, someone did a pile driver in the middle of the match, and like the announcers went nuts, and people <laughs> in the crowd went nuts, and they're like, you can't do that. You can't so they do actually, that. They, they, play, they, they play into the rules and the mythos of the universe mm-hmm. that they have as far as moves being banned, for dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so, so actually, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I actually didn't realize... I realized the decks were all unique and that they had different amount. For example, you'll um, the Big the big Show has nine of the strike cards, while right. maybe like the Big E has seven. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize those were their individual moves or like their kind of their signature yeah. moves. Yeah, the, the, pro- the decks are actually catered to each wrestler. Yeah. You're going to have some, which I think would be interesting if we didn't have some main eventers in here. Mm-hmm. Like if we had Dolph Ziggler, who's much more of a maneuvery, kind of floaty kind of guy, yeah. his he'd have way more maneuver cards in here. Right. Um, versus Big Show, who has a ton of strike cards because, you know, he can't do a lot of... He can't do a lot of yeah. maneuvers. So, like, Big so Show big. has a lot of strike. Big E has a lot of grappling. And then, uh, mm-hmm. like, Daniel Bryan has a lot of maneuvering is, is kind of how I'm looking at right. it here. So, w- what's really interesting about the HP system is you have these decks that are filled with these personal cards. And the way you lose HP is you lose cards in the deck whenever you take damage that you can't draw from anymore. Right. Now, the slam cards are so good because they're your signature moves you're probably going to win the hand where you use most of your slam cards because they beat everything, right? Right. Right. So those go back into your discard pile, which eventually shuffle and you draw from again. Mm -hmm. There's the other hand, there's the other deck where you're permanently burning your cards. Eventually, I would say most times while you're playing this game, your hand is going to whittle down to a tighter and tighter selection of your most powerful cards because those are the ones that you're winning the most frequently yep. with, Yeah. right? And so that means just like in a wrestling match, as a wrestler gets more and more desperate <laughs> to finish the match, as the match da- drags longer and longer, you're going to see more finishes occur or finishing mm. moves occur yeah. in the match. The flashy. So, yeah. Yeah, That's like the, the big moves and the rock bottoms and the right. RKOs. High they, flying. They Big yeah, they appear longer and they appear more often during the crescendo of a match yeah. when it's finally getting. Which is exactly how it's set up, right, Tom? You know? Exactly. Yeah. It appears just like that in the game, which is really cool that they managed to do that, that they managed to get those specific moves by making them top everything to come up more. And it feels like you're in a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Now, the second thing that I love about this is the kickout system. Uh, the feeling of one, two, three. One, two, three, those beats is a huge moment of wrestling because it signifies the end of a match. 
and people can get deathly, deathly quiet in a auditorium watching a wrestling match. Like when they think that someone's going to get out and they kick out at two, it's a huge moment. So how does one capture the tension that normally comes with a one, two, three when you're wondering if they're going to be able to kick out this time? Is it going to happen? There's definite tension there. Jeff, do you want to explain how the the, the one, two, three, the pin system works here? Because I think it's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. So um, anytime that you, so there's three rounds or th- I guess three cards that you play every round. And if you um, happen to win at least the majority, two out of three of those, um, of those uh, maneuvers, then you can actually win the round and you'll pin the other opponent. Um, and then they get a chance to kick out. So kicking out, you can either play a card. And if you don't have a card to play from your hand that blocks or kicks out, um, then you'll have to start drawing off the top of your deck. And remember, Thomas mentioned that the top of your deck is a representation of your HP, and it's and it's your move pool. So as you're losing cards, um, you're hoping, in that case, you're hoping that your kickout comes early, comes really soon, so you don't lose too many valuable cards. Um, but at the same time, you know, if it if it so happens that you don't have a kickout card or it's later, you're going to get pinned and lose the game. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of hoping that, yeah, I need I kind of need this kickout to come soon. Like, and then every card you're pulling is like, oh, I need it to come now. I need it to come now. I need it to come now. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we got into those situations I think once or twice. Um, funnily enough, I think uh, Big E, which is my uh, my character, pinned John Cena, and immediately John Cena picked up the first card and it was a kickout. So. Um, right. And that was kick out at one, old John. It was kick out at one, <laughs> and it was early, early on in the match too. So we were like, okay, this is going to be a long one. We kind of felt like it was going to be quite, quite the battle. Mm-hmm. And the way that the the kick out cards work is there's a little symbol at the bottom of the cards, um, sort of like it, as Garrett was describing earlier. Some cards allow you to move, and they have that symbol there. Some cards mm-hmm. allow you to throw your opponent. They have there. One of the symbols is a kick out card. Not every card is a kick out card, so. Towards the end of the match, when you're really running low on cards, you're hoping that you have a lot more that have that kickout yeah. symbol on them. Which, if you draw three and that symbol ain't there, it's over. Right, and I'm and, looking at the cards now, Tom, and, and just kind of to bolster your point about your high-flying moves being what's left at the end of the deck. Most of the kickout cards aren't that great uh, with respect to the other actions. Right. For example, mm-hmm. you might get a move one, power two attack. Whereas, you know, your your big slams are like power four or power three, you know, or, uh, you know, ex- bolster extra movement or, you know, use momentum from the ropes. Whereas these kickout cards have, you know, a little bit of power. So it's a it's a fine balance between wanting the kickout cards to avoid the pin and also being able to do any damage to your opponent. Yeah, and I want to add this too. So I think all the block cards are also kickout cards and they're the weakest cards. Um, what you'll notice in the game as well is that originally I thought, oh... I'm going to end up with just a bunch of block cards at the end because I'm not using them. Um, and I'm, you know, every time I'm, I'm discarding, I'm just discard, getting rid of these things. But what they did was that was really smart was they also integrated the kickouts into some of your move cards um, so that you weren't just losing these weak cards. You could potentially be winning um, particular card sets, you know, um, move one, move two, move three, uh, and keeping those kickout cards for later. So they made it to where you either didn't eliminate all your kickout cards early or you weren't stuck with just kickout cards in the end, um, which mm-hmm. is like a really good. Uh, really good mechanic in terms of card balance, in terms of deck building balance. So I, I think, like, to me, this game really, really hinges on the deck balance. Um, they could have gone wrong in a lot of different ways, but it, it, they, they balance it really, really well in terms of what cards were there. Like Thomas is saying, how the card, how the card deck progresses as the game goes on. I think the only thing that you might get stuck in is um, if you take a lot of power moves, or you take a lot of hits early, taking a lot of damage potentially you might lose a lot of your good cards early on because you're drawing you're when you're losing hp you're losing cards randomly so hypothetically mm-hmm. you could lose all of your power cards early on um yeah. but 
you know, luckily in our case, it was pretty spread out. I think that's a pretty, pretty edge case that that's going to happen. But I think most of the time it's right. pretty, pretty well spread out. Yeah. You're definitely going to have outliers. Yeah. Um, the other, as far, so I, I think that the deck mechanics were really good as far as sort of the, the, the drawbacks of the game. Um, I thought that the, you made this comment while we were playing Garrett, that you sort of wish that block cards would be burned rather than discarded. Cause right. our game went on for probably about like 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd like it a little bit more, which is about the length of a longer wrestling match. I yeah, think I'd like I, it a little bit more. I actually think ours went a little 20. bit longer. We, we played for about an hour, actually. So uh, yeah. it was about an hour, and I was looking at the Board Game Geek. I was interested to see what the, the suggested play time is on Board Game Geek. It's 10 to 120 minutes is the, is the play <laughs> time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to, for those longer matches. Depends on who's on the card, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you can do those gauntlets of like you know mm-hmm. all six wrestlers in, in, in the ring. Yeah. So, uh, well, but yeah, no. when you would when you would play a block card, it would go into your discard pile. If they wanted to speed things up, they could they could uh, burn those cards rather than it going into your discard pile. Right. So it goes into your yeah you yeah know. Be- because because normally you know if you're I think it would add to the decision of whether or not you want to block because you know normally if you're blocking you're saving yourself from uh, burning you know three four five six cards so this may mm-hmm. this you know this would just be all right i'm just going to burn this one block card so it, it kind of right. gives them a little bit of weight to the decision of whether you want to use the the block now on a mm-hmm. on a damage of two and only burn two cards well i could you know that's a that's a net positive but you know i may want to save it for the time that he plays the yeah the i'm really cards. curious about how the block cards are distributed because i i never felt like i was hurting for block cards i felt like i had them most of the time Everybody um, had mm-hmm. six in their deck of okay. thirty. Okay, got it, yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it comes up pretty decently. I mean, you have them and you pretty much hold on to them. Um, yeah, a- the actually, part. every wrestler has the exact same amount of block cards and the exact same amount of slam cards. Okay, the only, that's the only differences is in your the mix of your, maneuvers. Uh, yeah, and yeah, those are balanced because maneuver. there's yeah there's there are three ways. I want to also mention like um and I think I think we touched on this, but each card you get a choice of like usually two or three things you can do, um and that made the game really interesting. If it was just a traditional rock paper scissors type mechanic um there would have been a lot of cards played that were you know nothing can happen or you can't really make any decisions or choices but i realized that as the game went on i started to evolve my strategy a bit um by playing like by playing different cards and what i did initially was i was trying to just go for early hits like just go for slams you know, take out as much hp as i can <laughs> um you know and then that way i'll have a bit more choice uh mm-hmm. and then and so basically you know if you're just using that that strategy, it's pretty basic strategy. You just move and hit. But then I started to realize that throws are really powerful. You can start throwing people in, uh, across the map. And even if they are winning that, that particular move, um, they can't come and strike you and take your cards away. So I started to do that a bit more. And um, what Thomas had mentioned before is like, um, you know, you start to set up things like, you know, there's a corner card. Um, there's, you know, ways that you can set up your throws. I, I think there's... Um, there's ways that you'll set up your future hits and future moves depending on the cards that you played earlier. So I started to think about how do I set up for, like like Thomas is saying, a crescendo, like my third move being pretty powerful. And mm-hmm. that's actually how I ended the game. Um, I Thomas and I were really close, um, but I happened to hit all three cards and they built up to this really big move at the end that, yeah. that wiped yeah. exactly the six cards, which is all that Thomas had left and he couldn't counter. Because right. um, those cards leading into it, like it's a... It's like, oh, he played a maneuver card that adds plus two power to the next yeah, card. Yeah, exactly. And then the next card adds plus 
two, two power to the next card, and then it just just it's an avalanche of damage yeah, at yeah. the end of it. And that's really interesting because if you blocked mm-hmm. or if if you were to have won any of those ones in the middle, it wouldn't it would have really it would have broken up the flow of this you know this build up or the setup for this the future moves. But I liked how the game made it to where. Um, where you place your cards one, two, or three actually mattered. Because if it was just mm-hmm. a one-to-one rock, paper, scissor type game, it doesn't matter if you win one or three or two or one, but because there's a setup mechanic in there, it actually does matter how you set up the cards. So I thought that was really cool. Right. The only thing that sort of confused me was a little bit of the ring mechanics. Um, there's a lot of squares on that ring. Uh, yeah. if, if we're talking about real estate, I probably would have made the ring half its size. It's very difficult to get someone over to the corner. I don't think we had anyone get over to the corner at all during our game i like because it's so easily to have your uh your intentions cast aside if you're if you lose out on a very important throw or a move card i feel like that was one of my main my complaints was the ring mechanics didn't seem as tight as the card mechanics uh like the physical positioning i think the corner would have been a lot better if it was a really powerful move like if because i never felt like i wanted to go for a corner because there was a lot of twos Mm -hmm. and threes power moves and so the ring is a three move three power. So I mean it's a, it's a pretty generally the pretty is a three move three yeah sorry the corner, sorry corner yeah. corner is a three move three power, and um it, it's like it's not that much stronger than some of the other cards. It's a pretty good card, um, but so it never felt like to me that I really wanted to set it up for this big like power move. You know, like if it was stronger, then maybe I would have mm-hmm. tried to do it more as a hail mary. But I, I never really felt like I needed right. to do it. So that's why it never really came up for me. I, I would agree with that, and I, I also kind of, to piggyback on that, Tom, I, I think you're actually kind of, it's a risk-reward thing of going to the corner, because, you know, you could drive your opponent over to the corner, and then he can use a corner attack, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it I don't know, it's, uh it seems, yeah. unless you have, like, six corner cards coming up or something like that, or you're able to count the deck, I, I'm not Yeah, I mean, sure. you could get your opponent over to the corner in, like, one play, but you have to win, yeah. like, all three of the of the uh rock paper scissors things yeah, in a row right yeah like and if you lose your first one then your entire plan is it's, dismounted yeah, exactly <laughs> right um however i will say i do think the size of the ring is probably about right because you would have some of those like move five cards and then you could use your momentum to deal additional five damage, damage yeah so there's mm-hmm. that and then also take into account maybe tag teams which i believe you have to get over to your partner to tag them in so you want to make right. it a little bit difficult to to do that if you're uh, quote unquote on that's the true so i didn't even play with the, the momentum aspect of the game like i come that completely left me until right now when you just said it like the idea <laughs> yeah. that momentum adds damage yeah. there's I, a lot of mechanics in this thing yeah yeah absolutely i mean there's 10 symbols that are on the cards that you execute on top of the five different card types mm-hmm. uh so yeah, I, <laughs> yeah there's a good bit but I, I think for the most part it's all intuitive and, and most of those 10 symbols are just variations of movement and power right um but yeah, I, I, I would be interested to see the differences in kind of like adding the additional uh, game types, uh, the tag teams, the six-man tag teams. Yeah, and they, each, the, they also have like the additional, like um, they have 10 different cards that can be added that are, add additional rules. Uh, falls count anywhere. Pins may happen in and outside the ring. Uh, mm-hmm. There's hardcore match, which you may not play block cards. There's endurance match, which performance stack cards are not returned after the match um and so mm-hmm. then you you start a new deck with you start a new match with a smaller deck 
Money in the Bank, the winning team may choose one free bonus superstar card. So they actually have superstar cards off to the side, which you can kind of have a little bit of deck building. There's not a ton, though. I think there's, mm-hmm. like, six for each character. So there's a little bit of deck building in here. Uh, kind of not like a, not like Dominion, but more like a, like a collectible card game where you can kind of construct your deck yeah. before the match. Like, huh. the, the amount of variation that was put into this licensed game, like... I don't know. This is going to come up in my personal thoughts when it comes to uh, evaluating this and putting a score to it. (laughs) But you guys got to understand, WWE is not known for going above and beyond. Right. Like, (laughs) they really aren't. And I'm very glad that the person who was in charge of giving away the license for WWE went with a company like this. Because it, it is so easy to have a licensed game turn into like the Harry be, Potter. Have it be Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Right? Yeah. <laughs> have it be Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Which I'm probably certain. I would not be shocked at all if there was a WWE oh, version of Rock'em Sock'em yeah, Robots. Sure. Right? Of course there is. But for a for someone to say, no, let's actually let's actually bring in some pretty decent designers in here who actually might be able to make something with, with this uh, this intellectual property or the WWE universe... I'm surprised that they did it, yeah. and I'm glad that they did it. Um, yeah, and, and and with that, you know, I sort of, uh, I guess I can go into my, do we want to see what other people are, yeah, are t- saying about Yeah, I think we should see what everybody we, else is uh, saying about this. Yeah, I, I wonder if other people are have been as surprised as we were, because usually WWE fans, I would say, are admittedly quite jaded. They are... <laughs> They are, they're very used and abused. They sort of have, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, like you could say battered housewife syndrome, <clears throat> which they've sort of grown close to the people that abuse them so much and so horribly. Um, they, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do with themselves when it comes to WWE. So for them to produce something that is actually good and works, uh, yeah, I want to see what they're saying. I found a, you guys yeah, I found a good one. That? This guy's name is Boris Greggs, but I like to think that this is a... Um, this is a hidden identity for Boris Johnson from the UK. He gave it a seven. Uh, my guilty pleasure game. It's fun. and had me checking out WWE videos. I was not a fan already. And imagining myself as Boris the Beast of Britain. <laughs> um, it's kind of, it's light and kind of rock, paper, scissors, but the game is surprisingly thematic for the simplicity. So I think that's pretty apt. Um, and again, I think it's uh, fun to think of Boris Johnson as coming to BGG and putting down a review. <laughs> I got one from Wizpop. Uh, another guy in the United Kingdom. He says, When I saw this, I was quite excited about getting it for my 12-year-old son, who is really into WWE, especially when I saw the ratings here on BGG. Stay tuned. We'll see that later. It isn't too bad a game at all, especially if you like the theme. I always feel there is some strategy lurking underneath, but sadly, I think it is mostly random luck. But nonetheless, it is an intriguing use of a rock-paper-scissors system and works well for its purpose. Edit. There's a lot of random luck involved, but I found... There to be more strategy than initially thought, especially when playing the tag team event. I now feel that there, this is where it really shines, but also in the fact that when your opponent gives up cards, you can study them and the stat card to work out what cards the opponent may have. The game often feels very thematic too. Just wish for more wrestlers slash expansions. Rating increase from 6.8 to 7.4. <laughs> I would be very interested to see what sort of expansions you could yeah. do if they released more wrestlers with this. Like, how much variation can you give it other than sort of like decks specific to each character, you know? Um, I think that's pretty interesting that, like, 
you they have differences in very in maneuvering and grappling like is there any other layers that you could add to this in future expansions yeah. that's a good question yeah a legacy game to see. <laughs> i think a wwe a legacy, legacy game would be great you've been injured yeah that'd, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty wild <laughs> uh and then just speaking of this the uh, one just small comment that says was fun it's first uh, but its replayability went down due to a lack of expansions, and that that person gave it a six. Franken Beans, thirteen. So yeah, uh, mm. it seems to be some sentiment on that. There could be more. You know, six wrestlers is not a ton, especially. I mean, there's a little bit of variability between them, and they do have their own unique moves. But for the most part, yeah, I'm really they're, surprised they're that they didn't go for the thing. expansion play. Um, to be honest. This is this is actually so I was looking at Gale Force Nine's games on Board Game Geek, and this is one of the least popular of their their games. Uh, like I said, they they have some pretty big bangers, um, and this is one of the ones that is now out of print, um, mm-hmm. along with Family Guy, Homeland, Sons of Anarchy, and Spartacus. So a lot of their licensed stuff is is now out of print, uh, but mm-hmm. all, all those games are pretty well reviewed, with the exception of Family Guy. So, mm-hmm. well, what is, <laughs> we'll have to find the family. Yeah, you didn't play it in the future. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about that because I've already looked into it, and I, I, I think it is perfect roll and move uh, material. Awesome. Yeah, we can't have <laughs> we can't have too many of these good games in a row because it makes the scores makes the scoring less fun. So I guess I'll go ahead and get it over with first. Do it. Uh, I, I've said everything that I really wanted to say. I am absolutely. Uh, I am delighted at how the health and HP system and the pin system worked so well thematically to the wrestling side of things. I think I'm going to have to go and try and get this board game and uh, send it over to Frank, Gibson, Charlie, and Joaquin over at uh, TIA. Maybe we can get them to play it with us uh, one more time, talk about their thoughts with it. Uh, but it's a, it's a good game. If you're a wrestling fan, and I, I highly recommend getting the game. It's a lot of fun. It's a great crossover for to combine two of your things, and it doesn't it doesn't tear it down too much. I'd play this again. Like mm-hmm. it's especially if you get good at it, you could probably get a match inside maybe 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like a perfectly sized game for something that like maybe two people are playing. The fact that it includes more variations, I probably wouldn't touch those. But it is. Uh, I I couldn't think of a better way to do a wrestling board game. At least not off the top of my head, unless it was legacy and you were going to implement like story, story sort of elements into it, uh, which would be really fun. But I don't know. I was perfectly happy with this game. Um, what did I give Small Soldiers? Five point nine. Five point nine. I'm giving this a uh, six and a half. I thought this was perfectly great. I mean, it was. Uh, it's it's it is it is a it is a. Very honest and efficient ode to wrestling captured in card form. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to go next. Um, I yeah, I agree. I think thematically it was, um, you know, obviously all the cards had their signature moves. That was really cool. Um, miniatures are in the game, uh, not in the tabletop version, but in the actual box game, and you can actually mm-hmm. paint them. So if you're a pretty big fan on Board Game Geek, there's a lot of people that painted them, which is really neat. Um, and then the fact that you there are different game variants. I know that um, at least I remember from. Uh, when I watched wrestling long ago, that there is you know a ton of different tag teams and battle cages or death matches and all these all these different things. So um, I I know that that was cool that they added that into the game, but I like that they uh, specifically they they put a lot of thought into the balance of the game, um, how the cards balanced, um, the the fact that the cards gave you multiple options per card, so you didn't, you weren't stuck just playing one card and just hoping that it worked and beating somebody in a rock paper scissors mechanism. Um, I thought all that worked pretty well. Um, yeah, I think 
overall, um, pretty good game to, to pick up and play. Really easy. I think if you're a WWE fan, it, it kind of hits a spot for you. Um, I think I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Uh, ditto on a lot of those things. One thing I, I don't think was touched on is, or which I think is kind of interesting, is I not only is this kind of like a uh, upgrade to Rock, Paper, Scissors, but I also feel like it's a little bit of an upgrade to War. Uh, and I, I don't, I can't think of a game that is like brought in like war and rock, paper, scissors mechanisms and it turned out good. <laughs> so yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's crazy to think, but like, just, it's weird when you think of like such simple systems that are bad and then just changing like one or two things. Like for example, the rock, paper, scissors, just adding one thing that trumps everything, but you get a very limited amount of them. Mm. And one thing that always loses, but it prevents really bad stuff from happening, how it can make it something cool and interesting and um, fun to interact with as opposed to, you know, rock, paper, scissors. So I, I don't know. I just kind of off topically and admiring that. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with all that. It, it is a little bit sad that this is out of print and that there won't be expansions. Cause I think that would uh, add a little bit to this game as far as like, adding a little bit of variability with what the different wrestlers can do and, you know, maybe having some more fan favorites. Um, however, as a uh, very, 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 uh, you know, novice when it comes to wrestling knowledge, I, I had a lot of fun with this, and uh, I thought this was a, a great implementation. Probably the best, like, gamers game we've played um, mm-hmm. on the podcast, honestly. I mean, you know... I think the theming was good. I thought the mechanisms were solid. And I don't know. I'm trying to think as a gamer's game. I'm trying to look back over our list. I mean, Battle Ball was fun, but it's not necessarily a, a, a gamer's game. Uh, it's more of a children's game. I, I think this is can be played with children, but for the most... I don't know. I, I'm not seeing anything that really sticks out to me more so than this. Um, yeah, I think this is probably the best gamer's game we've had on the podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it. Call it. Uh, giving it a seven out of ten for me. Nice. nice. Wow. What? This has got to be pretty up there as far as uh, the games that we've reviewed, Gare. As far as an average. All right. So that brings the RDG Boy average to a just fittingly perfect six point five out of ten. The Board Game Geek average six point six. I I dare say this is the closest we have ever been to Board Game Geek. It's um, gotta be right. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking back. Uh, with the exception 6. of Twilight New Moon, which we had a 2.83, they had a 2.8. But yeah, that is a uh, we're only a tenth off on the uh, on the average there. So this is uh, pretty well received, like I said, from Board Game Geek 6.6. They have 459 ratings. Like I said, one of their least popular games. However, pretty still pretty well reviewed. So um, I don't know. I mean, uh, and oh, one other thing I wanted to say, Tom, you mentioned getting this game. Check it out on eBay. Mm. You can, it looks like you can pick it up for about $25 there. On Amazon, it's like 60 So go to the, go to the eBay. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. I we'll will, cut your deal uh, from I us. You can pick it up from sure. us for, for only $80. Cut it, uh, we'll, cut it the old deal. We'll give okay. You, I'll, I'll pay me $20. I'll buy, pay me $25. I'll buy you Tabletop Simulator, and then I'll link you the uh, the workshop mod there, and you'll be good to go. You can play all you want, except the the, uh, the images are a little bit rough around the edges and the deal tip. So uh, we went ahead and uh, prepared a little review for you, or at least I did. Uh, this is going to be a seven on Board Game Geek, and if uh, I, w- I would like to go ahead and read the review for you guys. Yeah, if, go for uh, it. Uh, all right, here we go. <clears throat> 
I played this game as Roman Reigns, and my friend played as John Cena. When I tried to pin him, several men in suits with WWE badges showed up to my apartment and confiscated my game. They then installed the WWE network on my Xbox and left. I don't know what to do. Please help. Is the WWE I, network not doing too hot on? Too I mean, it's nine ninety nine a month. I, I mean, I shouldn't be complaining, but I, I wasn't the one who pushed accept on my Xbox. It was these guys, and they told me to stop exposing the business. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> seven out of ten. Oh, man. Yep. Seven out of ten, ladies and gentlemen. Seven out of ten. Well, I think that's where uh, we're going to start winding things down here. It's Mother's Day, spoiler alert. So we're going to go ahead and uh, <laughs> I got to spend time with my mama. If you haven't spent time, hey, if you miss Mother's Day and you're listening to this, you didn't do anything for your mom. You're the heel. You're the heel. You're the heel and you're going to get booed. Okay. You're going to be flicking off people. It. You're flicking off people's moms. You're the heel. Can't have it. Can't have it. So uh, we, uh, we're going to start winding things down, but as we do, I would like to go ahead and extend a little bit of an invitation here. If you would like to uh, send us your, uh, your best one-liners, your best uh, heckles that you would like to throw at your favorite, uh, your favorite board gaming podcaster, don't worry, we can take it. It's how we're living, we're living, we live for the business, and uh, we, can, we can roll with the punches, so to speak. But if you want to send us one of your best uh, heckles or maybe... Uh, I don't know, something that you would put on a sign if we were in a live wrestling match. You can do that on Twitter by hitting us up at Rough Draft Games. And of course, if you have any recommendations for us to play on Roll and Move, if you have anything that uh, just screams theme uh, and terrible mechanics or just weird mechanics, we would love to see those. Send us an email at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. Uh, I, I promise to get to anything that you guys send, at least uh, if you're listening to this here in 2020. Who knows? Who knows if you're in like 2024? Don't don't send me stuff then. But if you're here in 2020, send me a recommendation. We'll try and get it on the podcast. And speaking of theme, if you're wondering what Rocket Man would play, or what Rocket Man might listen to, or what <laughs> Rocket Man might kickstart, come on down to RoughDraftGames.com, where we have thematics. Where we show you what games we play, how we play them, what we like to eat and watch, listen while we while we play those games. Uh, other episodes of Roll and Move, of course. Um, and our board game that we're kickstarting later this year, All Rise, um, coming soon on Kickstarter. So please come support us. Absolutely. There's a mailing list you guys can hop on if you uh, go to the website, and you'll be the first to know as soon as we go live. Greatly appreciate it if you sign up for that. Another thing we greatly appreciate is those of you who have rated us five stars on iTunes. Super big help helps people find us in the algorithms and so that they track down the show and we can keep doing what we're doing, and it tells us that you want more content like this, and we'll keep the we'll keep the gravy train rolling. But if you haven't done so yet, please go and give us five stars. I'm begging you, baby, on my hands and knees for the sake of Mother's Day. It's a little Mother's Day treat. We're not moms, but we'll still we'll still take the gift if you give it to us. So uh, we appreciate it if you guys go ahead and do that. But uh, but Garrett, oh, oh. we got to get out of here, buddy. What are you doing? You've what are got, you doing? Uh, You're groaning. You got like my leg up near my. That's ear. right. You pull, oh, oh God. It's called a Boston no, crab, buddy. No. How do you like that? Just tapping out. Ooh, that's it. We're done. Submit. No block cards needed. Submitted. You guys have a good week.